Welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Jake Neer, in for Stephen Henderson. Thanks so much for joining us. Remember to join Stephen and me and the entire Detroit Today team and our guest, Dr. Mona Hanna-Atisha and Michigan Senate Minority Leader Jim Ananick on September 10th at the Detroit Public Library for the finale of this summer's WDET book club reading of Dr. Mona's What the Eyes Don't See. And we'll discuss safe water in Michigan. It's going to be open and uh, to the public. Just we're asking you to register, please, at WDET.org slash events. And speaking of our book club uh, series this summer. Later in the show, we will be speaking with Dr. Janet Stout, a Legionnaires expert who worked in Flint and had a lot to do with identifying what was going on in the city there uh, when uh, many people were actually killed by Legionnaires disease in Flint. So you won't want to miss that discussion. We will also hear from Governor Gretchen Whitmer later in the show about the impending uh, possible state government shutdown with the failure to reach a budget agreement and uh, fix for roads as well. So stay tuned to Detroit Today throughout the hour. We will be speaking uh, with a lot of great guests today. But first... Members of Congress head back to Capitol Hill in early September. They return to a political environment that is rich with problems to solve and destitute when it comes to real action. The Democratic-led House has been passing bills dealing with guns, the economy, and health care. But the Mitch McConnell-led Senate has done just about nothing other than confirming judges. Now there's concern about a looming recession. Can we expect Congress to act to fix the nation's pressing problems. Right now, we're joined by one member of Michigan's congressional delegation, someone who turned the 11th district here in Metro Detroit from red to blue in 2018, Congresswoman Haley Stevens. Welcome to Detroit Today. Hey, good morning. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. So uh, just last night, you hosted a healthcare town hall in Canton. I'm curious what you're hearing from people when it comes to the issues that they're facing in the healthcare system and the fixes that they're looking for. We constantly hear from people on on costs. I uh, will be at the music shows in the park or in the grocery store, and I run into people who say, my prescription drug costs are through the roof. There's also uh, a looming and impending court case on uh, the the ACA that could strip it away that is really concerning, particularly to parents with children with uh, medically complex issues or disabilities, people with pre-existing conditions. We already saw the individual mandate uh, stripped away and challenged with the 2017 tax bill. So we've got to keep these issues front and center. Obviously, Congress has been uh, passing bills to get rid of those junk insurance plans, to put uh, the generic drugs on on the marketplace to lower the cost. We're also working on broader packages to do so, as well as to protect and improve the, the ACA. But the uncertainty is what is on the mind of, of voters. It seems like there's a wide gap right now between those things that you're talking about, the sort of tweaks to the healthcare system, that which are very important and, and ha- have a lot to do with how people interact with the system, but also what we're hearing from the candidates for, for president on the Democratic side, they are talking more about uh, entire system-wide overhauls of our healthcare system in in the United States. Now, assuming, I mean, well, in the event that you go back to Congress uh, in two years and there's a Democrat in the White House, uh, it's likely that that person will have pushed for some sort of 
universal health care. Uh, do you see yourself as someone who could get behind an effort like that to uh, to really overhaul beyond what we saw with Obamacare uh, and make sure that we have uh, guaranteed access to everybody? One thing we heard over and over again uh, just yesterday in our town hall in Canton at Salem High School was, hey, the ACA was some of the best policymaking and changes that we've seen to our healthcare system ever. And we had medical professionals there. We had parents there. And there was certainly a lot of appreciation for what we accomplished with the ACA and then dumbfoundedness when it came to the eight years and the continued fight that we are having with the ACA. And certainly in the national dialogue, uh, what people are hearing are the bold and compelling visions, which you know uh, certainly inspire people. And, and bring about a conversation about how we get to the place of improving the, the ACA. And I'm always going to be there defending the, the, uh, that health care is a right for every single individual in this country. Uh, that, is, that is not up for debate. And in terms of how we get there, I, I view myself as a, as a change management officer, as an elected official. I'm here to put into place good legislation that moves us through the arc of progress progress in measured and in timely ways that leads to improved and measured outcomes for everyone. And uh, as as we look at health care packages, if, as we look at improvements, we've got to be talking about costs. We've got to be looking at some systematic improvements. But we certainly don't want to be in the business of taking anything away from people. And, and you're talking about private insurance in that in that case. I, private insurance is, is is certainly what I'm, I'm getting at here. I, I hear from uh, labor unions. I, I hear from from teachers and and we're paying attention to everyone who's writing in to our office. But again, while we're not looking at taking anyone's insurance away, we're also looking at expanding health care coverage to every single person. What we saw with the ACA, what we saw with what Governor Whitmer, when she was in the state house and a part of expanding Medicaid uh, throughout the state of Michigan, expanding it to over 600,000 people, we saw our uninsured rate in Michigan drop from 12% to 6%. How do we get those other 6% of people? How do we say, you're not going to be left behind? So this is why we, you know, sort of start to hear some of the bold visions and goals of it's Medicare for America, that you can have that option. I'm certainly evaluating those options or the buy-in, lowering the age of the buy-in. I was just visiting with someone the other day who said, I'm a year from getting my, my Medicare. I'm a year from qualifying, and I'm, I, I feel so exposed because I'm on dialysis. So mm. we got to be looking at those improvements for people. Guess what? This is about you. This is about the everyday uh, patient, consumer, constituent, and, and that's what's got my attention. You're listening to Detroit Today. I'm Jake Neer in for Stephen Henderson. Today, we're speaking with Congresswoman Haley Stevens, a Democrat representing Michigan's 11th district. And uh, Congresswoman Stevens, we keep hearing now uh, reports in the news. We keep hearing the word recession. Uh, You know, you ran uh, in part, a big part of your campaign in 2018 was about the economy, about creating jobs and so forth. Um, Do you see us heading in that direction right now? And if so, what can Congress do to stave off a recession at this point? Well, it's got to be about the economy. And we certainly have an exciting and an inspiring story to tell here in Michigan. I, I devote uh, my time as a member in Congress to doing something what I call Manufacturing Monday. I represent the country's most robust automotive supply chain, this remarkable center of innovation. And it's just that, Jake. We are living through an innovation renaissance here in southeastern Michigan, particularly because of what is happening in automotive with autonomous and electric vehicles. 
We cannot be creating roadblocks, though, through federal policymaking. And we are seeing those roadblocks come up with tariffs, a lot of uncertainty on trade deals. We need to be having good, open, fair conversations that that uh, unlock the channels for job creation. And I am concerned about some of the indicators. I'll, I'll say that, you know, the Treasury yields and the bonds uh, certainly have changed. Uh, interest rates are different. If you look at the millennial population, they're earning 40% less than Gen Xers were at that this age. Uh, they're buying less homes, uh, buying less things. They're saddled with debt. They're not saving. And so as individuals, are they ready for, is this population ready for the next recession? And is our country ready for the next recession? And as somebody who served in the U.S. Treasury during the Great Recession, mm-hmm. and remember what it was, and I remember what it was like to, to go in there and put together a set of policies, and we did have the conditions ripe to tackle that recession. And right now, um, given the, the tax bill that was passed that only went to the wealthiest corporations and didn't do enough for our middle class, didn't do enough to secure the foundation of our country, is, uh, you know, economic response, we, we are exposed and there is a risk. And I believe we can't be putting forward failed 19th and 20th century uh, uh, solutions to 21st century problems. We got to be tough on China, but we got to go in it with our allies and doing trade wars by Twitter alone based on isolationist strategies is is hurting us. And it's it's hurting us here in, in Michigan. So where are you at this point on the USMCA? A lot of people might know that as the new NAFTA, I think uh, is something that, you know, you would uh, that explains what it is, essentially uh, Donald Trump's uh, answer to uh, replacing NAFTA. Um, you know, you're one of 14 House Democrats who have asked Speaker Pelosi to hold a vote on the trade deal before the end of the year. Where where does that stand and where do you stand on that? I've been in regular conversation with House leadership on uh, the renegotiation of NAFTA. And uh, there certainly was a lot of pain and frustration that came with the passage of NAFTA 25 years ago. We can continue to evaluate and and look at those frustrations, and we can also, with a new trade deal, look at what we need to improve. And in part, with the USMCA, what we see is uh, a lot of opportunity for the uh, Michigan labor market. Uh, Enforcement standards, buy American content, these are improvements. We've had labor at the table. We don't necessarily have uh, uh, every stakeholder signed off on on this bill, but uh, I think we are inching towards making those improvements to see uh, some great outcomes for for a deal to get done. And as part of my work in in terms of engaging suppliers and uh, other mid-sized manufacturers, this is this is something they want to get done. Why? Because they don't just plan on eight-month terms, they plan years and years in advance, and that consistency and that level of playing field is important, and it's important for Michigan jobs. So, so how far have we come in terms of especially that uh, enforcement aspect of the trade the trade deal? I mean, AFL-CIO President Richard Trumpka said uh, earlier this year that the deal is, quote, useless and will suck jobs from America unless more strict enforcement language is, is added. Uh, have, have we gotten there at this point? Well, I certainly don't want to speak uh, for Mr. Trumpka, but I have been speaking with him and his his words and his admonition and and concern um, are, are are important uh, we have seen Mexico uh, adjust on on enforcement and and make some of their improvements I'd I'd like to see them also kind of clean up a little bit more in terms of uh, 
the the corruption in, in their government. We, as the United States government, and as somebody who sits on the House Education and Labor Committee, and I started to take a look at the resources for enforcement out of our own Department of Labor, we're not at, we don't have the resources available right now in our Department of Labor. And so we say we're doing enforcement. You see this a lot with legislation. We legislate and then we don't back it up with the actual resources to see it through. So we need to fully fund the agencies that are going to do enforcement. And we also are asking ourselves a question as we move into a new decade here, which is what do trade deals look like in America? How will we be competitive as a North American content? We want to be selling our best in class product coming out of southeastern Michigan to every market in the world. 98% 98% of the world's consumer base lives uh, is, is outside of the United States. We want to be competitive, and that is where I'm squarely focused. We will not forget the voices of labor, certainly staying very close to that. Um, the Teamsters have been playing a, a great role as well, and uh, we want to see something get done, though. Mm. You're listening to Detroit Today. I'm Jake Neer, in for Stephen Henderson. Today, we're speaking with Congresswoman Haley Stevens, a Democrat representing Michigan's 11th District. If you have any questions, for the Congresswoman or want to join the conversation, the number as always is 313-577-1019. Again, that's 313-577-1019. And, you know, uh, Congresswoman Stevens, I want to talk just briefly about the uh, atmosphere in Congress right now. Um, You know, we're seeing an exodus of especially Republican members of Congress. Uh, This week, Representative Sean Duffy of Wisconsin said he was leaving just yesterday. Senator Johnny Isaacson announced he was retiring, citing health problems. Earlier this month, Representative Kenny Marchant of Texas, I think I'm saying that right, said he was leaving. All in all, more than a dozen Republicans so far say they're done with Congress. Uh, what does this signal for you? And in your in your first year uh, and a half in, in Congress, first year in Congress, I should say, what are your observations about the just the, the, the way that it operates and what that means for people who are trying to get things done? It's about the new wave of uh, leaders uh, in a you know a large freshman class, the the biggest uh, class of Democrats that have come in in a in over a generation. Uh, the the message of our party that is squarely focused on the economy and expanding and growing in the middle class, putting forward good pragmatic policies that are real willing to tackle tough issues. We're long overdue on getting an infrastructure deal done. You would be so amazed by uh, about the policy expertise and the dedication of individuals who I work with to get something done. For us, it's not about lip service. It's not about the talking points. It's about action. We've passed over 40 bills on health care, on protecting and improving the ACA, on lowering the cost of prescription drugs, getting rid of those junk insurance plans, on addressing gun violence in America, the gun safety legislation that we got, we got to get done. Again, it's not about the political dynamics. It's about defending our democracy and delivering for people. Well, we'll have to leave it there. Congresswoman Haley Stevens, thank you so much for joining us thank here you. on Detroit Today. Coming up, we'll hear from Governor Gretchen Whitmer, who is trying to get lawmakers to send her a state budget and a road funding fix before we face a partial state government shutdown in October. 